making sure that everyone is pulling in the same direction, that everyone feels invested, that you're not just telling people you have to do this because I'm telling you to do it as a senior member of the company. You are getting people invested in your success and their success and making it our success. Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Hey there, folks. Welcome to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Today, my guest is Alistair Wood, who is the Vice President and General Counsel at Rhino, and he was the former Chief of Staff to the General Counsel and Chief Administrative Officer at City Legal, amongst a bunch of other cool positions. Alistair, how's it going today? It's going fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. It's my pleasure. I, I gave a little glimpse of your bio, but can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, uh, what keeps you busy, a bit of your experience, and we'll go from there. Sure. So I I started out in a very traditional um, way. I, I worked at big New York City law firms and represented you know huge multinational clients. From there, I eventually moved to Citigroup, which was one of our biggest clients at the law firms. And I was fortunate enough to get a, an incredibly cool job as chief of staff to general counsel and, and chief administrative officer of what at the time was a 1,600-person legal department. We were basically one of the world's largest law firms inside one of the world's largest multinational corporations. And it, it was one of those roles where every single day you, you can honestly go home and say you learned something. Super entertaining, super cool, and super challenging. The fun part about that role is when it comes to an end, you're kind of left with a blank slate of what do you do next? So having spent my entire career at large organizations, I naturally decided to go in the entire opposite direction and join a startup as the the fourth employee um, of a very early stage startup focusing on the retirement space as their general counsel and chief compliance officer and had the unique experience um, and challenge and struggle of building a company from the ground up, um, You know whether it was hiring, building our product, trying to understand what the market wanted. And that was a phen- another phenomenal experience that really excited me about the startup space in a way that I never probably truly expected. Um, and it led me to my my current role at Rhino, where you know I I had the the privilege to become their first general counsel. Um, joined in the pandemic, which is a unique experience unto itself, and have been there since 2020. Really loving the journey as we we grow and really scale our platform incredibly over the last three years. And and you know I think the the phenomenal part about all of those experiences is, you know, they, while they are all somewhat different and disjointed, they all build and lead to the place where you end up today, where you're able to bring all of those experiences, you know, to, to your current role. Um, and, and hopefully have a little fun while you're doing it. 
Yeah, that's awesome. So let me take, try to combine two paths as you had highlighted, you know, all of this experience that you have, it, it, it builds your CV, your body and knowledge, your experience. So you've got these two startups or smaller organizations that you've worked with. Meanwhile, you're the chief of staff at one of the largest law firms inside one of the largest multinationals. So what were some of those e-learnings as a chief of staff, which many organizations, if they're SMEs, typically don't have, but what were the key learnings as chief of staff that you tried to bring into these organizations to help them you know, get their success faster, be more organized, or anything else that you think would be valuable for any organization to have and know? You know, I think the the biggest learning I had was really building buy-in. You know, at, at a law firm, they're very hierarchical. I could tell you what to do because I was a senior associate and the partner could tell me what to do because he was the partner. As chief of staff, you were interacting with people who were incredibly powerful and incredibly important that you somehow had to get to buy in to whatever you were needing to do. And they didn't report to you and they didn't have to listen to you. So you had to develop a skill set that, quite frankly, I, I don't think I had when I got there of how do I get people to want to be on my team and pulling in the same direction for this project and feeling ownership and buy-in and really the desire to make it succeed when they don't have the mandatory requirement. I think when you bring that to, you know, that skill to the startup world, where it becomes important is, you know, really, you know, making sure that everyone is pulling in the same direction, that everyone feels invested that you're not just telling people you have to do this because I'm telling you to do it as a senior member of the company. You are getting people invested in your success and their success and making it our success. That mm -hmm. was not something that I think came naturally um, coming out of kind of a very corporate type of world. But I think when I look back, that that skill set was the the most important thing I left Citigroup with. And I'm incredibly appreciative that I learned it um, before coming to a world where there isn't hierarchy, quite frankly. So I, I, what I'm pausing to reflect on is the parallels between a chief of staff, whose job is it to get people to be bought in where they don't have to, and then your uh, other life as, as a counsel, and your job is to give people guidance such that they listen to you. Sometimes, I mean, really, they don't ever have to, uh, per se, because it's counsel, not requirement. We can debate that if you want. Uh, <laughs> but then I also find the, all right, my assertion around like your ability to communicate effectively as a lawyer is critical because there is interpretation of the law and then there is the law. So, I would only imagine that your ability to be an effective and persuasive communicator in writing and verbally gave you a unique skill set to be able to do that such that your messages were interpreted as intended. And that probably helped you be a good chief of staff. Is that fair to say? Or how do you approach that? I, I think that's incredibly fair to say. I mean, I started out my career as a, as a litigator and you know, that is a world in which you are 
attempting attempting to write persuasively and attempting to convince people of the correctness of your position. That skill, or I hope skill that I have, is is one that I think allows you to avoid confusion. Quite frankly, I think that's where it often breaks down. Is you know people write sometimes I, I, I included write too quickly, write without thinking through all the ways people interpret things. And as a senior leader, when you send out those messages, you can send mixed signals. People can take it wrong, incorrectly, not even internally, externally as well. And I think one of the things that I have been fortunate to benefit from is that that exercise for the first you know 10 years of my career of having to make sure that what you wrote down was exactly what you meant is something that I hope has led to my ability to, you know, make sure that people understand what we're trying to accomplish and and doing it carefully. And it's something that I found outside of the legal world. I find people often come to me to say, you know, hey, we've got a an email we're writing to customers. Can you take a minute to edit it? And it's not because I have some sort of like special understanding of what the customer wants. It's more that I've spent a lifetime trying to communicate ideas and trying to be persuasive in communicating those ideas. And hopefully I can do that in the email that the customer gets to explain why we're doing X or Y or Z. Um, and you know that is that is something that I am incredibly proud of, quite frankly, that that people come to me when they don't have a legal problem um, for help. Um, I view that as a if you're going to your lawyer, because you think you can, they can help you and you don't have a problem, that's a positive sign. You know, that's, you know, if, if you're, as I always say, you know, we don't want to be the department of no, we don't want to be the people you call when you're in trouble. We want to actually be viewed as value add. That's always the goal. Yeah. So it's that ability to communicate becomes crucial. Hey, Anthony here. One of the things I don't talk too much about on the podcast is what we do at SME Strategy. So I wanted to let you know that if you and your team are thinking about getting together you know, this winter or even in the new year for strategic planning, that we'd be happy to have a conversation to see how we might be able to help your team walk through the strategic planning process and make sure that your people, your strategy, your culture are on the same page. One of the most exciting parts about the work that we do is being able to lead people through a proven process to help them get to where they want to go. If you're interested about that process, our video about it on YouTube just hit over a million views. So be sure to check that out. Let us know what you think. Uh, But most importantly, I wanted to let you know that if you are looking for somebody to partner with your team to support everybody in getting aligned, moving forward towards a clear set of goals and objectives, and really making sure that you have the foundations for that next stage of growth, that we can partner with you to do that whether that's through an offsite strategic planning session or you know follow up support services to keep you accountable to help your team grow and develop or really to lead a full transformation. So if you're interested, check out smestrategy.net. You can check out our about page, our services page. It'll tell you more about how we do things and I'd be happy to have a conversation with you to see if we're a good fit to help. Thanks so much. I appreciate you listening to the podcast and now let's get back into the episode. Absolutely. And I think what 
<clears throat> listeners, before you go and run out and hire a bunch of lawyers um, to work in your you know communications <laughs> department or what, what have you, I think it's a good lesson to remember that everybody and, and you said it, Alistair, is like you know you've spent your life doing this. It is your craft. Like you do not need the letters JD behind your name to to you know, show you have a craft that you've worked on where you talk to engineers who've gone to engineering school and they approach things with an engineer mind. That is their set of tools. That is their skill set. That is the craft that they've honed over time. And I think great leaders uh, have the ability to identify what people's unique skills are. And I think we had Mark Hirschberg who's, you know, he said, hey, you know, you have this like depth of skills, but when you add breadth to that set of skills, that's when you become really, really powerful. Because for you, Alistair, you've taken your communication, legal, persuasiveness, ability for people to understand it, and you've applied it across this, you know, broad-ish level of tasks and responsibilities that for an organization, any organization, can be really valuable and beneficial. So I guess my invitation to our listeners is saying, hey, find those superpowers in your team, find the superpowers that you need. And they're not always as obvious as the skills that Alistair, you know, has because they're written in his name, but they're applicable across the organization. Why did you join this new company? What was, why did they want to bring you on from your perspective? And, and how do you see yourself contributing to that next vision? Well, I guess let me take that in reverse. The, the reason I joined the company, you know, really came down to people. I mean, there are a lot of great companies out there. There are a lot of great ideas. Obviously, I think, you know, Rhino is a company that is really revolutionizing um, the the digital deposit space. And, you know, we've seen incredible growth, incredible adoption, all of those wonderful, like, metrics that you're get excited about when you talk about a company. Uh. But there are a lot of companies that claim all of those metrics. What excited me about Rhino was the people. Quite frankly, I think when you join a company, you want to be excited and inspired by the people you work with. And I don't just mean the people above you or you know beside you, but the the entirety of the company. You want to work with you know, junior engineers who are excited about what they're doing. You want to work with, you know, a senior managers who are excited about what they're doing. And I think that that culture was one that I found very attractive because quite frankly, this is hard. Hmm. Being a startup and building a company is not easy. And you you need people who want to be there, are excited about being there, are inspiring to you and inspire others. Um, those those traits are something that I think you can't discount um, when you're simply looking at, you know, what are the, you know, what is the customer acquisition cost or what is the revenue? You know, the obviously important metrics, one and all, but I think what gets you from wherever you are today to wherever you're going to be tomorrow is really, do you have the team that can can get you there? Um, and and Rhino, Rhino had had that in spades for me. Cool. Well, it sounds like a cool company. I'm excited to follow it on LinkedIn and check out what they're doing because it looks like it's a cool <laughs> mission. You know, as as we finish up, I if we look back at your career and we look at like 
an area where you learned a lot. And, and usually I find that people learn through the challenging times, right? It's it's that stuff that was that really tests them, that allows them to step back and say, okay, you know, I got my butt kicked and and here I am. Um, what was something that really stuck with you in terms of uh, your career, a lesson you learned the hard way, something that has really been formative in terms of how you, uh, you know, work with teams, work with people? I think the biggest lesson I learned, I, I probably didn't recognize it at the time, but when I was younger, I had a very short-term view of the world, meaning you took the next job because it paid a hundred dollars more or it was a slightly better firm or, or whatever. And that was really the wrong way to go about it. It, it should have been, where do I want to be in 10 years? And what are the skills I need to put into my toolkit to get there? My, my example is I did not pursue jobs that might have been slightly less pay for a few years, but would have been outsized in building your CV for the next job. Mm -hmm. uh, meaning whether it's going to work at the DOJ or the SEC or, you know, going to work at, you know, on some particular case that may not have been immediately value accretive, but when you looked at the tools you were putting into your toolkit, you know, were building a, a much bigger skill set that you had. And, you know, I think it's, you know, when you're in your forties, it's very easy to say like two or three years doesn't really matter. When you're in your twenties or thirties, it feels that like that's a lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I understand that's hard to, to sometimes internalize, but, you know, really thinking about where do I want to be? What are the skills that I need to have and how do I get them so that when I get that, get offered that chance to say, you know, you're going to be general counsel of this awesome company. What are they looking for that I can make sure I check all those boxes? It's easy to say in retrospect, it's really hard to do when you're in the moment. I'm sure I'm probably still failing at it and, and recognizing the opportunities I'm either taking or passing up. But I just encourage people to not, not be short-term, but be, you know, think, thinking about themselves as a long-term investment, not a, a short-term investment. Awesome. I, I appreciate that. Well, I mean, we are the strategic planning people. And so if you look at if you don't know where you're going, how will you ever get there? And, and one thing to challenge, you know, you're as the listeners thinking is that in front of you are infinite possibilities. There's no shortage of possibilities, overwhelmingly so. And a good tool to be able to filter those out is to Alistair's point is figure out where you want to go and only take the options that get you. They're still get you there. There's still going to be hundreds or thousands or millions, but there are fewer. And if anything, it'll help you provide a heuristic to make those decisions. And of course, you know, if you apply that to organizational strategic planning, help your team there. But Alistair, I think you, uh, made the right choices or you made the choices. I don't know if they're right. You made the choices, you, made, you got what you got. And, and it sounds like you've been able to make a big contribution to people. So, uh, and a contribution to our listeners today. So uh, where can people learn more about you? Where can they connect with you? Where can they learn more about Rhino? Well, obviously LinkedIn is where I think everyone learns about everyone else these days. Um, Rhino, our website is sayrhino.com. We also have a presence on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, all of the various social media platforms. But really the, the place to learn about us is if you're, if you're renting an apartment, ask if 
Rhino is an option. Um, and if it is, please check us out. Awesome. And don't confuse that with bringing a real rhino into your apartment. You'll probably have less luck, especially if in your new, you're in New York, but you know, what do I know? So, uh, Alistair, thank you for being here. I appreciate you sharing today and, uh, it's been real fun chatting with you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Likewise. Folks, my guest today has been Alistair Wood. He's the vice president and general counsel at Rhino. Uh, one of the things I think about and we'll, I'm left with today is, is looking at the skills that you have and how do they contribute to your future organizations, being strategic about your skill development and looking at your entire body of work to bring that in, but also recognizing that your skill set is complementary, complementary to a set of the team members that you have around you. So make sure you build the right team to be able to move forward that right mission. Uh, and so it sounds like they're doing some cool stuff like that at Rhino. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you watching. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you subscribing. Appreciate you following along and doing all those cool things. And be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn or wherever else you might be. My name is Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Appreciate you again. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We post twice a week, so you can count on us for your weekly source of content to help you grow and expand as a leader. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider giving us a review. We read every single one, and it helps us make a better show for you, the listener. Also, it helps more people find the show, which means we can help as many people as possible. We appreciate you listening and following along, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as Anthony says, until next time.